Live from her bedroom closet, it's Amy Fiedler, host of Connect the Dots Bitch podcast, a podcast where we live, we learn, and we laugh at everything else. You know, I'm in the closet today, literally, not, y'all know I'm strictly dickly around here, but I'm literally sitting in my bedroom closet to record because... If I start recording too late in the day, my upstairs neighbor, bless her heart, is a little bit noisy sometimes. And if it's not her, it's the dog. And I can't get mad at either because I genuinely like them. So I just adjust. They really don't bother me for the most part. But if I fall off my schedule, I bump into their noisy schedule. So I was up late, though, and that's why I woke up late, because I was busy taking nude, tasteful, but nude photos of myself. Now hear me out before you judge me, because I, I, I was nude. I didn't actually know the photo wasn't nude. <laughs> this only became funny about 20 minutes ago when I recognized this. I didn't really zoom in on the photo. I just, I saw Jesse James Decker post to her stories um, that if you replicate this photo of her sitting with her cookbook and holding a coffee mug, that you will win a free autographed copy of her new cookbook. And I'm like, I'm in. And I was already in bed. I was already in bed. And I thought about it a couple times. I'm like, I'll just do it in the morning when there's better lighting. And I couldn't stop thinking it might be too late and I might lose my chance to win my free cookbook in the morning and you're awake right now. Just go do it. Well, couple things. Number one, lesson I learned, always act on those little gut instincts because when I entered the rest of my home out of my bedroom, and I put the lights on, what I realized was there was a giant bug. It it was centipede-like. I'm not sure exactly. I did not Google. I don't want to Google what kind of bug this was, but it was on my ceiling in my kitchen. It was like orange, and it had a million legs. And I thought, wow, good thing I came out when I did. Or that little guy would have made his way into my bedroom and I would have woke up with his ass right on my face. I am not exactly sure why everything I'm saying today sounds so dirty in my mind, but we're just going to roll with it. And if I giggle a little extra, so be it. So my inspiration to take a nude photo had me recognize there was this giant unwelcomed insect, if we can even call it that. I would say more like dinosaur-ish slash insect-like, possibly extraterrestrial on my ceiling. I'll tell you, you know, if you don't get the right angle to smush a bug on your ceiling with your, with your shoe, um, you risk your life. I'm not exaggerating. You risk your life. Like I climbed on top of my counter and I had my 
my sandal in my hand and I thought, okay, well, if I hold it this way, I risk him flying backwards at me and still being alive. I've had it happen before. But if I hold the sandal this way, my hand is too close to him and I do not want my hand near him because what if I miss? You ever missed when you are swatting a bug on your ceiling and it and it falls and it falls in a position that it can attack you and eat your face off? Yeah, I didn't need that happening at midnight last night. So I, I just like, I, I was really nervous, but I mutilated the bug. And then I went on with my, my nude photography session with myself in my home. Um, nailed it. You know, a 10 second timer on your phone gives you an ample amount of time to cover your privates. You know, my parents, and I don't even know if they know this, but they spent thousands of dollars every year for my college education. And the majority of the time, I was staring at people that were naked and sculpting them out of clay and then making really dirty jokes to my art professor, Howard, saying things in sculpture class like he would explain how to sculpt and he would always say slap it so it doesn't sag slap the clay so it doesn't sag and I couldn't help but laugh and I was asked to leave (laughs) many of times because of my dirty mind and my big mouth so nudity really doesn't bother me at all I'm very open to different forms of art. I'm not even, I know sometimes, I get so many messages from you guys. Sometimes you don't know when I'm joking or when I'm being really genuine and and serious. I'm being serious. I am unfazed by nudity. It's art to me. And it comes from having been so exposed to it Like, my liberal arts college didn't just bring in paid models that were former strippers that were now in their, like, late 60s. True story. They also had student models that posed nude. Like, my peers. Like, my one friend was one of our nude models. This got me thinking, though, just like this whole, as everything always does, has me kind of connecting dots on different things in life and and going much deeper than what we're actually talking about. This whole nudity thing and, and me feeling really comfortable with it, but knowing, being rather aware that most other people may not be. Right? Like, I have an awareness that there are people that are really comfortable with nudity and they look at it in a similar fashion than that I do. And there are other people that are very much like, um, no, that's tasteless, that's classless, put your damn clothes on. It got me thinking about boundaries. <laughs> now, now, I don't know uh, where this conversation is going to go because I haven't actually said it out loud yet. But it is in my head cycling and we're going to have a conversation about it. Now you hear me often talk about how exposure to certain types of behaviors and environments can lead to, in Amy language, immunity. 
you're, you become immune. Like if you grow up like I did in an adverse environment, like toxic stress, uh, different forms of abuse and things like that, then you may become immune to those types of behaviors as you get older, even when you are not in that environment anymore. And that is the majority of you who come to me to work with me individually. That is what's happening. You can't see it because you've been so exposed to it. It's all you know. It's all that exists. So you don't really have an example of the opposite. So you just accept what is familiar for you. I often say to people, you know, if it feels like home, pause for a second. That doesn't necessarily mean it's a good thing. Let's think back to your home. If it feels like home and it feels familiar like that and you came from a unhealthy home environment, it ain't good for you. So, you know, I was very exposed to nudity in college, but also I grew up as a dancer, a competitive dancer. I was in dance company with my sister for many, many years of my life. And you get used to quick changes. You get used to looking around and seeing people walking around in their in their underwear or their leotards. And you get used to the human body. It's not foreign. It's just very normal for you. Like wearing barely anything was as normal as somebody in a full-on snowsuit for me. It went the same when I was a swimmer and I was on swim team. I was also on summer swim team since a young age. Me, my brother, and sister. I know I said that improperly. It's my brother, my sister, and I, but whatever. We... We were all on summer swim team. You get used to guys walking around in Speedos. So then when I did study abroad in Germany when I was in high school and all the men at the Bacchese were wearing um, Speedos, it wasn't this <gasps> experience for me like it was for a lot of other people on the trip. It was just like, dude, I've seen a lot of guys in a Speedo. That's really normal. And then there was a nude beach right next door. And seeing that was not really like that big of a deal for me. So I think when you're exposed to these environments, you know, you then form your own opinion, right? You form your own, okay, I'm comfortable with that. Maybe I've been so exposed to it that I don't I, I don't know how else to be other than comfortable with it. Or maybe you've been exposed to those environments and par- perhaps your parent or guardian at the time was uncomfortable, right? And encouraged something else. Luckily, my mother, who is also an artiste from, when, from her years in school, she, my mother is an excellent, something that most people don't know about her because she works in medicine. My mother was a writer and my mother can, can draw and paint like a professional. So she's very open-minded when it comes to those things and is not really, and I don't recall her ever being judgmental of specific situations or environments like that that we were exposed to. The people around us that are intending to be our guides, our leaders, our parents, our guardians, teachers, whomever they are, grandparents, whatever, they influence 
our belief systems and our reactions to those events and environments that we're put into, you know? So I may be very open-minded when it comes to nudity and, and art and things like that, but my example of setting boundaries, I didn't have one. Because my mom didn't have one and my dad didn't have one. And so with each other, they had no boundaries. And then when they tried to implement some sort of structure with us, it became more control obedience rather than healthy boundaries. And that is what then impacted and influenced me for many years of my life. I had no example of boundaries for so long when I finally realized something needed to change in my life and I, and that word boundaries came up, I didn't know where to look because I didn't even know what it looked like. I had nobody in my life that was setting a healthy example of that. And this is what drives my work. Like this is my passion to educate people that... You have to be the example for the people in your life. Whether you want children, have them or not. Whether you are single or in a relationship, you impact, you influence those who interact with you. You lead by example. We all do in some way, shape, or form. So if you're not practicing it in your own life, if you don't know how to do it in your own life, guess what? Nobody around you has an example of how to do it either. That's number one. Now let's just take it into the parenting realm for one hot second because at one point in time, y'all had been raised by somebody. So if your parents did the best they could, like my parents did. Every parent is working with whatever information they have on hand from the way they were raised. But if they never addressed their shit because possibly they were so immune to their shit they didn't even know they had shit, then guess what? Influenced your patterns and your belief systems and now drives you to probably either do the same or a lot of you, a lot of you, a lot of you do this. You go, I didn't like that my mother and father did this, so I'm going to do the complete opposite. Yeah, you really don't want to do that. There's no wisdom behind it. There's no intentionality behind it. Therefore, there's no value behind it. You know what's driving that behavior? Anger and resentment. Your goal is to make sense of what the fuck happened to you and why and what it made you think and what it made you feel and what it made you do. And then once you work through that, conclude. Okay, I didn't like that, but I understand it now. People don't value understanding their behaviors and their emotional state enough. When you understand what's driving your thoughts and your feelings and your actions, then you can formulate a new healthier way of believing, communicating, and acting. When you lack that understanding, now you're behaving mindlessly. You're behaving because that's what you were shown or taught, or you're just doing the complete opposite, or you're doing what you think you're supposed to do, or what you were told to do. You lack understanding for 
what you're doing. I don't, I don't know how to live mindlessly because that's what that is. I'm, I'm just, I'm doing all I know. I'm doing what so-and-so showed me. I'm just going to mindlessly do whatever so-and-so told me to do because it seems to work for so-and-so, right? But so-and-so is not you. I was one of those kids growing up who always asked why. When my parents were like, do this, I was like, why? Do that, why? I needed to know why. I needed understanding behind the direction or the order that I was being given. And their answers were always, because I said so. Because I said so. Because you have to. Because I said so. Because I know more than you. Because I'm older than you. And I'm wiser than you. And none of this made any sense to me as a child. And to this day, now, when I repeat it out loud and I think about it, it's like they didn't know why they were telling us to do the things that they wanted us to do. They didn't know. They also didn't know how to communicate with us because they weren't ever given an example of how to communicate with a child. They were only given examples of how to order a child around, which unfortunately... A lot of parents think still to this day that's what they're supposed to do. I had a conversation with my mom last night over dinner. And I have to give so much credit to my mother because, and I said this to her last night, I said it can't be easy having me as a child. It just can't be that easy having such a outspoken, assertive, opinionated, honest individual. They're all good qualities, but especially when my mother didn't come from an environment where that was her norm, and then she has a child who is that, I can respect the fact that that's that's a shift. You know, that's a big shift for her to go from possibly an environment where there was a lot that was unspoken and a lot of denial And come into an environment where the child that she popped out into this world faces her head on and is so brutally honest that that's a shock to the system. So I have to give her an immense amount of credit because even the years when I was like in my teens where we just went head to head a lot, like we clashed a lot, reflecting back on that now, I understand it. I do. She came with a belief system into having a marriage and children that there needed to be control and obedience. And when you have a child that's not just falling in line like me, that challenges your whole belief system. And this is something that a lot of people are in so much pain they can't sit down and even think about, let alone have an honest conversation about. Me being the opposite of everything she had ever known in life challenged her entire foundation that her belief system and her behaviors and her way of communicating sat upon. Now, so when when a lot of you come to me and you're like, well, so-and-so just won't listen or, or respect the boundary the first time, do you fucking know what them respecting it entails though? Do you know what's coming with that? Them respecting it may be shattering, imploding, Their entire foundation that everything is set upon, that's not something that can happen like that sometimes. 
And the thing is that there's always one of you who's like, well, that's not my issue. I deserve to be respected. Yes, you do. That's not up for debate. Everybody deserves to be respected. What you fail to realize in the process of you suddenly implementing boundaries and beginning to respect yourself, did you get there overnight? I don't think so. Bro, it took you maybe 10 plus years to land at the conclusion that you deserved to respect yourself and thus deserved respect coming back at you. So what makes you suddenly think that the minute it clicks for you, it should just click for everybody else in your life when you've taught them to treat you one way for 10 plus years and now you're turning around going, I don't like that anymore. Now you have to suddenly change too. That's not reality. And that, my friend, shows your deep amount of pain. And you're going to hate me for this. That's fine. Hate me. I don't hate me. So you can hate me. That's cool. It shows that you lack the ability to, to put yourself in the other person's shoes. Empathy, compassion, they're important. And yes, they completely coincide with self-respect. You can start to respect yourself. You can start to implement boundaries in your life. You can even be frustrated at the people that are overstepping those boundaries at first. But you have to integrate empathy and compassion. Otherwise, you turn out to be a dick. You just really do. You turn out to be a dick. And your dick-ishness, I really, I really thought I was going to come up with something creative there, but that's where we landed. Dickishness, your, <laughs> your dickishness really shows how much anger and resentment and pain you're still harboring inside of you. You know, you can find a balance between being firm, confident, assertive, and respecting yourself and also extending kindness, compassion, and empathy to those people with full acknowledgement that they're doing the best they can, just like you are currently doing the best you can. Does that equate to you having to abandon or sacrifice your needs, wants, or boundaries? No. Stop thinking it's so black and white. It's not. Knowing my mom had always been a very sensitive individual. And it used to frustrate me because I was still in pain and I was not accepting her for who she was. I was expecting her to be something that she could not be just because she had a certain title and role in my life. So when I was still clinging to that idea that she had to look and act and behave a certain way because of that title, I didn't give her half a chance in having a healthy relationship with me. No matter what I was implementing, no matter how many boundaries I was shouting at her, I wasn't giving it a chance because I was still harboring all of this, right? So knowing, and once I moved through all of that, pain that I was holding on to, knowing she's a very sensitive individual and recognizing I am too, right? We are very similar with respect to that. I have to have more patience and I have to recognize that, you know, she's not who I've painted in my mind she should be. She is who she is and I came to accept and love her for that person. 
And that's something that not a lot of people can do, but that's the key to transforming unhealthy relationships in your life is you're expecting them to be something. You've placed them in this box and what they keep showing you is not matching what you've got in that box. And at a certain point, you have to look at that box and recognize that's your box. It's not theirs. That's not their reality. That's the reality you want to have with them. And you can meet in the middle. Again, it's not one or the other. You can find common ground. And I give my mom so much credit because her in her own work, and I can't, and I say to her all the time, I can't comment on what you work through mentally and emotionally. I can only comment on what I perceive, but nobody knows what other people are really doing behind the scenes, right? But whatever she's done internally in, in functioning alongside me in life, she's reached a place where she went from being very, very angry and very sensitive to this type of work that I do and and really taking offense to it because she was taking what I was sharing and teaching personally to being in a space now where she accepts me just as much as I accept her and she can look at me and go, I learn, I'm going to cry saying this out loud, I learned so much from you, Amy. Thank you. That wasn't the role that I wanted to play in my mind when it came to mother and daughter. That was the role that I had to accept was reality when we both worked through our own pain and removed the limits off of our relationships with each other. You know, I hear so often from people saying to me, they're never that person's never going to change. They've always been this way. It's just there's no point in me trying to communicate differently with them. It's so frustrating. And all I hear on the other end is you're really stuck in your excuses. You really are. Because I can attest to the fact that I felt the same way for a very long time too. But I'm also living breathing proof that proof that is possible to completely alter the dynamics of an unhealthy relationship and turn it into a healthy, positive one. My mom and I, my father and I, even my siblings and I are all living, breathing examples of that with each other. And it's more than doable, but you have to want to let go of those excuses and those boxes that you place people in because they're yours. They're not theirs and you're not being fair to them, but you're also not being fair to you and your relationship that you're claiming to want with them. Somebody left a rather mean spirited comment under one of my posts recently and they, it it was just a few short words, but what, what came with that? Like what was underlying behind that was so much more and Maybe to most people they couldn't see that, but I could. And the comment was under a post about ways to tell you need to set boundaries. And this person said, um, do you have kids? Question mark. And, you know, I got a snarky ass response for every mean comment that I get. I just don't communicate that way. The example that I choose to set is a healthy one. Um, 
even though I'm human and I'll get on here and tell you my real thoughts about it, my real thought about it was like, bitch, please, let me list off everybody I've ever mothered in my life. Because the reality is, is that every single client that comes to me, I've played a mothering mothering role to them. I mothered seven children that were not my own. I mothered a fur child. Like, should I? The list goes on and on. But I have nothing to prove to you. So I read this comment and it was mean because I thought to myself, now, I don't have this problem, but I thought, you don't know me. And what if I can't have children? That's number one. Like, you really didn't think that through, did you? You really didn't consider the ripple effects. You didn't consider somebody else's feelings when your pain and your excuse and your limitation blurted out on my Instagram post. The best part about it is it's always somebody who's not familiar with my work that pops in and leaves some crazy mean comment. You might think it's not that mean, but let me give you everything that's attached to that comment. What's attached to that comment is, I have children, Amy, and I use them as my excuse to not have any boundaries in my life. I want to blame them for my lack of self-respect. I want to blame them for my poor time management. I want to blame them for my unwillingness to work to improve myself and give them half a chance at living a happy, healthy life. Now, I don't know this person and I don't know the environment that their children are being raised in, but I can distinguish a hell of a lot about that environment from that one comment. I'm that good. What that tells me is you probably have no boundaries with other individuals in your life, but you possibly don't see it. And so it's obvious in relation to you and your children, but you make excuses and blame it on the fact that they're children. Matter of fact, we have proof you have no boundaries because you popped on a stranger's page, um, an account you don't even follow, And you decided to make a really distasteful remark in the comment section, implying that I don't know what I'm talking about because you've chosen to blame your lack of self-love, self-care, and self-respect on the little tiny humans that you chose in some capacity, and don't argue that with me because you chose to open your legs and have the sex, so you chose, yes, even if it was an accidental pregnancy, you still chose it, you chose to bring into this world. That's very unfair. The underlying pain that is inside of people who go on social media and unload in the comments, whether it's something as minuscule as that example or something much larger like paragraphs and paragraphs and paragraphs, it says so much about what's going on with that person. You lack self-control. That's number one. That says a lot just about you as a human. You're not a human being that has very good boundaries if you lack self-control. Because you're not, you don't respect the, the boundary lines of you or other human beings and you don't consider the trajectory 
uh, or the impact of what you're saying or doing and what it has on other people in life. Oy, they. People who are struggling and, and in any capacity, because you might define struggle a certain way in your mind, right? But struggle means so many things. People struggle silently all day emotionally, and you'll never tell, right? So people struggling, they, they always are needing the validation, the external approval to stay stuck in that struggle for themselves. Because the minute they get the opposite, it challenges, like I said earlier, it challenges that whole foundation they've got everything set upon. If that foundation is shaky, if there's a crack in it because it's unhealthy, and they come across online or in a conversation with somebody, they come across something that, you know, uh, is the opposite of what they're telling themselves, then it's not good. The foundation starts to crack more, and then they've got to scramble to find proof to, like, glue it back together. You ever seen, like, a crack in the windshield, like one of those, like, spider cracks, right, from, like, a rock, like, hitting off the windshield and it spiders out, <laughs> that's not safe to drive with for very long because eventually it's going to crack and crack and crack and crack and crack and more. And you might not be able to see it, but it's already on shaky foundation. You know what I mean? It's no longer sturdy. It's no longer like a perfectly supportive structure it's cracked and one little thing hits that and it will shatter the entire structure so people that are are struggling silently with this pain on the inside and they're not wanting to deal with it that's what they do they they go and they seek out the things outside of them to continue to glue the pieces together on the inside of them and they get fucking angry and resentful and want to attack you when you do the opposite, you know? My hope in explaining all of that to you is to give you more insight into other people's behaviors coming at you, but also educate you to work through whatever you've got going on inside of you so you're not one of those people too. So you're not unloading and being highly reactive to random people's posts on social media or a conversation with your mother or, you know, a friend or your spouse or significant other. Remember, like the nudity, just because you've been exposed or overexposed to certain things for a period of time doesn't mean it has to be like that forever. It doesn't mean just because the beliefs that were instilled in you and Possibly you never had an example set showing you a different way that you're stuck that way forever. Just because one person in your life has challenged you for decades and you feel like they're never going to change, keep in mind the limit you've placed on them is really a limit you've placed on you and your ability to transform your own behavior and reframe your own belief system and and start behaving differently. Remove them and your expectations of them out of that box and start accepting them for who they are. 
that's the healthiest the healthiest thing you could do for yourself just generally speaking is is stop placing people in boxes that you want them to be in you know this is not the home edit okay with with human beings where you categorize and contain people and then you put a nice sticky label on it and shove it in the closet and call it a day this is not it, how it works with relationships or human beings you have to Take the label off, take them out of the container, stop color coding them. <laughs> what an analogy, man. And start accepting them the way they present themselves. Stop romanticizing them. Stop expecting more out of them than what they've ever shown. Because once you do that, once you remove, because those are all limitations. Expectations are limitations. Once you stop doing that, guess what? It, it transforms. Like, my relationship with my mother. If you knew us when and you knew us now, you'd look at it and go, holy shit, I, I didn't know that was possible. Yes, it damn sure is. So anyone who pops in at me and is like, well, so-and-so's a narcissist or so-and-so's this or so-and-so's very abusive, blah, 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 blah. All limitations you're placing on it, it's more than possible. I've done it in my own life. I've assisted and guided other people to do it in their personal lives. They can all attest for it too. So it's you that needs to stop with the label maker on everybody and stop judging and stop limiting them. And instead, look at them like I look at nudity. Just embrace it. It's art. 